welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So turn to John chapter 8. Let's read verse 31 and 32 again. We're talking about identifying the lies of the devil and getting more free. And you'll understand what that uh, means in just a minute here because the truth will make you free. Um, So let's read John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, we all need to be open. Not prideful. We all need to be open that maybe there's some things we're believing that aren't totally true. And we need to be willing to say these words. I was wrong. If you're not there, it's a very dangerous place. Because people are so far from perfection. We're going to be tweaked. We're going to be tweaked every day. Thoughts, attitudes, motives. And to, you know, to... If you can't see yourself going, you know what? I'm wrong. I was believing something that wasn't true. If you can't do that, you're headed for a fall. You're headed for some hard times, some difficult days. Because anything that's not truth is bad for you. And if you're unwilling to change from what you've been believing that you thought was truth to total truth, then bad things are awaiting you. And it's not the will of God. It's just if you're on that road, you're going to experience stuff that's on that road. And it's not the will of God. He didn't want you on that road in the first place. But notice the scripture. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, Jesus said. And if you continue in my word, you're going to know the truth. And the truth is going to make you free. Do you realize there's a lot of people in bondage today because they're believing lies that are keeping them in bondage. But when the truth comes, you're going to go, wait a second. I don't have to accept this junk. I don't have to put up with this stuff. I'm not a nobody like I've been thinking. I'm not someone who can't achieve to higher things. I just saw the truth. And when that truth comes forward, you're going to believe something different. Because if we're believing bad things, we're using our God-given, child-of-God ability against ourselves. I said this last week, I know. I'm going to say it again. It's worth repeating. It came to me hot off the wire last week. Um, you can't, how do I want to put this? Believing People know how to believe if they know how to fear. The devil never created anything. He's not a creator. All he can do is pervert the good. And fear is you using your God-given creative ability 
against yourself. And if we're believing lies, we're using our God-given ability to believe in a wrong way. And Satan never created anything. He didn't create fear. He perverted faith. You know how faith is expecting and believing you got something that's really good. That's a reality. Fear is like, I believe I'm going to get this terrible thing. I believe that's a reality. And the enemy knows. He, if the devil was so big and bad, he would have clobbered you out a long time ago. Why hasn't he killed you already if he's so big and bad? Is he just waiting? for? Why hasn't he snuffed us out yet if he's so big and bad? You know why? Because he can't. He has to get us. He has to get us to use our power of faith against ourselves. And the way that happens is through getting into fear. Like we said last week, Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. That which I was afraid of has happened unto me. This is why the Lord tells you to fear not. Fearing is yielding to the enemy because he's trying to get bad things in your life through getting you in great fear. Well, you got to stand against fear. You got to resist fear. You got to rebuke fear. You got to say no to fear. And I'll tell you one thing that got me out of fear. You may not like this, and it may not be for you, but it was for me. He said, son, you need to repent from being afraid. You know better. I thought, what? He said, you need to be a good soldier and stop it. But Lord, I tried. Stop it. It's bad for you. Yes, sir. I may feel fear, but I ain't acting fear. I may feel fear, but I'm going to act courageous. I may feel afraid, but I'm going to do what God told me to do. So another thing we need to see about this scripture, go ahead and put verse 31 back on the screen. This was so important and it's something that keeps coming up in me. So we're going to keep going over it. Notice he said it's if if we do something. Is verse 31 up there? He said if we do something, we're going to be free. It's not, well, if it's God's will after prayer, if I'm healed, I'll be healed if it's God's will. If it's God's will. No, Jesus said, if you do something, you'll be free. Huh? Has the Lord done anything? (laughs) Everything, including giving his life. What else can he do? The question is not, why isn't God doing something about all this bad stuff? The question is, why aren't we doing something with what he has done? Why aren't we using his name? Why aren't we getting filled with the Holy Spirit, the helper? Why aren't we, you know, applying the blood of Jesus? Why aren't we putting on the whole armor of God? Why aren't we attending to his word that's health to all of our flesh? The answer is he has done something. Man, to get mad at God for allowing something to happen to a person he's already given the remedy to is just unrational, irrational. Why get mad at God when he's already given us the medicine. Shouldn't we get mad at ourselves for not taking the medicine? Huh? Shouldn't we get mad at ourselves for not using the name of Jesus against these powers of darkness that we're wondering why God didn't take away when he gave us power to move away? Yeah. Huh? Like Carla was exhorting earlier, just God's in us. We should be saying, you know what? We're, we're strong. We can do this because God's in us. Yeah. Everybody's waiting for Jesus to come down from heaven again and fix their problems. He says, no, if you're born again, you don't talk like that. You don't say in your heart, who shall, ascend, who shall ascend to heaven and bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend in the deep and bring him back up? No, 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 the Bible says. We should be saying the words near me, even in my heart and in my mouth, the word of deliverance. It's in me. It's in me. It's, it's really interesting to see how people, I don't know, I, I just think we're, we're going to see, we're going to see in 2021 the power of the local church. 
couple of reasons. One, we're going to have to. Number two, it's time. The harvest has got to be reaped. The power of the local church. It's time to not decide what church you're going to go to by the one closest to your house. It's time not to go to the church you think you should go to because your kids like the children's area or the playground. Well, my kids like the playground over here, so I guess that's where we'll go to church. You need to pray, parent, and you need to hear from the head of the church where you should go to church because a playground is not going to help your children in the evil day. A fancy facility is not going to help your kids in the evil day. It's not going to help you in the evil day. Entertainment is not going to help you in the evil day. And listen closely. The evil day comes to everybody. And if you haven't been in the right church, hearing the right words, you are easily deceived. Notice it didn't say if God will, will be free. No, if we continue in his word, we'll be free. Got to put the if in your court. Boy, if it's God's will. No, he said, if you do something, you'll be free. All right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And if people aren't free and they find themselves in bondage and maybe they die young, God forbid, that is no sign God didn't love them and that is no sign God didn't provide for them. It's time people quit shaking their fist at God and blaming God for these bad things that happen. There is a devil. And if we don't resist him and he chews on us and spits us out, it's not because God doesn't love us. It's because we didn't do what our loving God said to do and gave us the ability to do. Can I get a witness, church? So let's go ahead and go to James chapter 4. Let's move a little forward today. We're getting some real interesting things here. Some things the Lord shared with me about the times we're living in in pre preparation for 2021 that I know I'm supposed to share with the church. Number one lie. You ready? The devil's around trying to deceive the whole world. Actually, the book of Revelation says he did deceive the whole world to one degree or another. We've all been deceived at times. I was deceived for many years of my life, still growing in truth. I mean, since I don't know all truth, then I must still need some work in some of these areas myself. Um, but number one lie, the devil's trying to tell people, and there's a big reason he's trying to tell them. Number one lie is there is no devil. If the devil wrote a book, it'd be entitled, There Is No Devil. Because he knows if you don't believe in him, he can mess with you, and you not even know it. You just think it's a part of life. Oh, everybody goes through this, not realizing the enemy the devil is messing with you. And because we're not aware of it, we're not resisting. And if we're not resisting, he don't have to flee. James 4, 7, New Testament scripture to all believers. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I just, I don't know sometimes where some of the, our, our, Brothers and sisters or church people around. I don't know sometimes where they're coming from. Very rarely will you hear people in movies or in wherever preaching. Very rarely we ever hear them say that something might be the devil's fault. It's always, well, God must have a plan. Or we don't know why God allowed that to happen. Or God is in control. Or God, you know, we, we, just, we just don't know why sometimes you do these things. And you must have wanted another angel in heaven. Is why my little one passed away. 
I remember one time watching a trailer for a movie. It was a movie Nicole Kidman was in, and I don't remember what it was because we didn't see it. But I remember the trailer, and they're all sitting in a support group in a circle. Moms and dads that had lost little children. They're all sitting in a support group. And um, um, Nicole Kidman and her husband, he, she shared, you know, their little child died. They're all torn up about it. And one lady over here goes, well, I guess God just needed another angel in heaven. And Nicole Kidman goes, if he's God, couldn't he just made another angel? Yeah. See, that's tapping into truth. That's because it's ridiculous to think if God can make another angel, why did he take my kid? That's just a lie. And it's connected a lot with this phrase, God is in control. Now, I, I believe God's in control of my life because I'm surrendered to him. But I don't know about everybody else and all this other bad stuff. A lot of bad stuff's happening because God isn't in control of their lives. That's right. That's right. Can I get a witness? Yeah. A lot of bad things happen because God isn't control, isn't in control. I mean, he's only in control of those who are surrendered to him. He's not pushing off his promises on anybody. He's good. He's, he's kind. He not, stands at the door and knocks. He's not like the devil, a thief trying to break in and steal. And so a number one lie of the devil is there is no devil. There are no demons. It's just a myth. It's just a fantasy. Why would he say that? So you are ignorant of his devices against you. So you unknowingly give him place. So you don't resist him when he subtly attacks you and tries to hurt you, your marriage, your family, your children, your finances, your mind. I just wish, you know, church, maybe we should make a movie. Come on, a church in Georgia did it, right? It was facing the giants. Cost them a couple hundred grand. Sony picked up on it. Went, went more wide. Now it's, they did it. Why don't we have a project someday? Let's do a movie. Okay. Let's do a full-blown motion picture. Amen. Amen. Maybe we'll call it the real Jesus and tell him the truth. Amen. He's not making people sick to teach them something. He's healing all the oppressed of the devil. He's not sending destructive storms as an act of God. Jesus calmed storms. He didn't come to give us religion. He came to give us life. He's not coming to condemn people. He came to save people. Yeah. I don't know, who you think should play the lead actor, me or Tom Cruise? <laughs> Maybe we'll call Tommy. <laughs> Get him saved in the process if he's not, right? I'm serious about that. We've, we've talked with many people about this because Blaine Bartels knows some things about the movie industry. Our friends in uh, Caleb and Joshua, Canaan Land Ministry, they have some friends. Taryn from uh, Hollywood, who was just here for our Rise Shine and uh, there, we could do it. I mean, we could, we could launch something out there and get it out there on the airwaves. And, but um, his lie is there is no devil. Because James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He knows we're not going to resist what we don't believe exists. And what if you don't resist? Well, if you're not going to resist, then he has place in your life. And it's not because he's big and bad. It's because you gave it to him. Right? Ephesians 4.27. Let's look at that real quick. Ephesians 4.27. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. So one of the most important things we see in this verse is there is a devil. Right? <laughs> 
And I'm laughing because he's defeated eternally. But because people don't know, they're believing his lies, they're getting in trouble, they're using their own God-given powers against themselves, they're getting in fear and using their faith in the negative against themselves, bad things are happening, and then they wonder why God's not doing anything when he did. Right here, he did something. He said, hey, don't give the devil any place. Amen. Now, how do you do that? How do you not give an invisible, force, a invisible being place in your life? You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Because when you know the truth, you're going to quit using your God-given power against yourself. You know, faith perverted. All things are possible to him that believes. That works in the negative, too. You can get into fear about something, and it starts to come to pass in your life if you don't get out of fear. But this scripture says, neither give place to the devil. So if he has place in our life, it's not because he's big and bad. It's because we gave it to him. Through crafty lies, through deceptions of the devil, people give place to him all the time. How many think it's time to get more truth in our life, expose some more lies that we thought were truth, and kick those stupid lies out once and for all and declare I'm free? Um, Go to Genesis chapter 1. I want to get to some things we didn't have time to get to in the first service. Remember that you're not going to resist what doesn't exist, so the devil's constantly trying to get, us, get people to believe he's not real. The, now, the key is, when you do realize that he's real, number two, don't be afraid of him. Who's the one fleeing here? Resist the devil and he will overtake you? No, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's anything of the devil. Demons, right? Fears, diseases, things you know that came in with the curse of the law, things you know that are the enemy's job description. What's the enemy's job description? Does anybody know? Steal, kill, and destroy. So if there's any killing going on it, or stealing, or destroying, then you know the enemy's in it. Don't say, I, I don't know why God. No, why did, instead of saying, Why did God allow it? We should say, Why didn't I resist it? Huh? Yes. Instead of saying, Why did God allow this bad thing to happen? Why didn't you resist it? That's a good point. Now, no, nobody should feel bad. We've all been there. We're all growing. Aren't you glad you're still alive in this crazy, fallen, demon-infested, curse-ridden world? Aren't, isn't it glorious that you're even still alive? Amen. Hand of God's been upon us. Amen. The Lord's helping us through mightily. I don't think we're going to see the full power of the benefits of our involvement in His local church until we're on the other side. I know for a fact, a lot of us are living in a level of good things and victory unconsciously simply because we put ourselves under the word regularly and truth has constantly exposed lies and our decisions have been a little bit different, but over time we are freer than we we would ever be if we hadn't been hearing this word. Big time. It's what's developed in you over time that really helps you out. That's why you don't want to just look for excitement. You want to look for equipping all right, so Genesis chapter 1. So um, if we're going to successfully resist the devil and demons, we're going to have to know a little bit about them, their mode of operandi, their, uh, maybe their origin, mm-hmm. right? Jesus dealt with evil spirits constantly. He's casting them out. He's rebuking them. He's, he's, you know, basically ruling over them. 
telling them to go, and they obeyed him. And then he says, believers, in my name you shall cast out devils. I would think it's a good thing to know about the name of Jesus in this demon-infested world. Don't get me wrong, there's angels everywhere too, and they outnumber the demons. Um, I want to talk about, just for a few minutes, about where these evil spirits came from. And, and actually, go to the book of Jude, real quick. Go to the book of Jude. I didn't do this, didn't have it on my notes, but it's something I want you to see. In the book of Jude, the book just before the uh, book of Revelation, I want you to notice verse 5 and 6. Jude, verse 5 and 6. Uh, Jude says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not, or allowed the destroyer, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Keep that scripture up there just for a minute. Where are the fallen angels? It's an open book test. They are under darkness. Right? Reserved in everlasting chains unto the judgment of the great day. Sounds like they're locked up. Hmm? Doesn't it? The angels which kept not their first estate. They, they got dissatisfied with their calling, with where they were supposed to be in the plan of God. They got dissatisfied by self-deception. Well, I want you to see that. So we've got, the, we've got Satan himself. For some reason, he's got access still in the realm of the world. And, but these angels here... The third of the stars that he, you know, these angels, they're in everlasting chains. They're bound up. They can't do what they want to do. Where's all these demon spirits come from? There's one devil. Another word for the devil before he fell is Lucifer. He's also called that old serpent. He's also called a dragon. He's also called Satan. One devil, many names. One devil, listen, but many demons. Evil spirits. And the Bible says they're in a regime, they're, they're classified in ranking order. So there's some order in the kingdom of darkness. How do you think he's carrying out his plans to try to destroy everything, which he will fail out? Um, there's, the Bible says... There's principalities, there's powers, there's rulers of the darkness of this world, and then there's wicked spirits in the high places above the earth, in the heavenlies. Not heaven, but in the heavenlies above the earth. And you need to know this because you're not going to resist something that's just a myth. You're not going to resist something that's just a fantasy. This is real stuff. These spirits are real. They use people's voices when they possessed them in the New Testament. But it'll help you even a little bit more. Plus, it's very interesting. And it may equip you to witness to somebody who can't agree that the earth is only 6,000 years old. So let's talk just for a minute about the origin of demons. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the origin of the devil. I want to talk just for a couple minutes about the origin of demons. And I want you to see this because you need to realize 
when something comes against you to tempt you or to try to, you know, just harass you and, and you know it's just beyond just, it's just oppression or whatever it is, you need to know, you know, that, that, that's, that's an evil spirit that I have authority over. I resist this in Jesus' name. Anybody ever done that before? How many of you felt perfect the moment you did it? Many times, many times I felt exactly the same. But I kept believing, nope, God said he's going to flee from me. God said this thing's going to flee from me. And I'm not going to doubt God. He didn't lie to me. You just go your way, believe God. And pretty soon that presence, the, the problem is gone. Things are dissolved. You've got to stand in faith. We resist him steadfast in the faith. Peter said, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. What you believe is going to have to be the most important thing in your life, not what you feel and not what you see. Because the devil can work in the seeing and the feeling area. What you believe is, needs to be greater and more important to you than what you feel or see, because that's how you successfully win. Well, I feel like this is right. I think this is good. That sure looks good. But I believe God's way is the best way. And you say no to that and you go God's way and you overcome. What you believe should be the most important thing in your life, not what you feel. All right? So I want to talk about where these demons came from. And again, your salvation doesn't hinge on this, but it will help you successfully deal with these evil spirits and this demonic influence that comes against us almost every day in one form or another. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read the whole Bible this morning. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. Genesis chapter 1. We'll let you get back to your Hallmark movies. Just give me another minute or two. <laughs> it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be, and there was. Now, I did a little study on this. I'm going to show you a scripture in the New Testament. Again, whether you and I see eye to eye on this or not, I'm cool with you. Are you cool with me? Um, but this helped me to realize the Bible says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. Well, sometimes knowing where these demons came from will help us to be more aware of their devices. They are real, but they're eternally defeated. And if you know the truth, you'll be free from his influence. So, I want you to notice here, it says, The earth was without form, put verse 2 back up, and keep it up there for a while. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, I looked up the word was. I was quickened, prompted. Look up the word was in the Hebrew, because the Old Testament was translated from Hebrew manuscripts. So I went to Blue Letter Bible, whatever it is online. I went to typed in the verse and had the, the, the strong, uh, exhaustive concordance definitions of Hebrew and Greek. New Testament Greek, Old Testament Hebrew. I was prompted, I believe, by the Spirit of God to look up the word was, where it says the earth was without form and void. Very interesting. You pronounce the word tohu. Tohu. Everybody say tohu. That's was in Hebrew. Tohu. All right. And this is what it means. Became. The earth became without form 
God didn't create it without form. It became this way. And then it says the word without form means waste and a desolation of surface. It became a waste. How many think God creates waste? Desolation. Darkness. No, it became this way. Now, we don't need to know a ton about this because there's not a lot about this in Scripture. There's hints of it here and there, and it helps us greatly to realize, you know, this isn't, demons aren't just a figment of our imagination. Uh, there's some things that were going on on this planet before Adam and Eve. There were some things going on in the world, I should say, before Adam and Eve. I mean, life, things didn't just start 6,000 years ago. That's when mankind came on the scene. Hmm? And now, anything that happened before that is not that important because it has nothing to do with our salvation and redemption other than maybe things like this where it helps you to understand these things aren't a myth. They're real. Just see enough that you need to see. Deal with these things like I said, and you'll know more when you get to heaven. All right, so the world became a waste and a desolation and void. And the word void in the Hebrew means empty and an undistinguishable ruin. So here God created the heavens and the earth, but then the earth became a waste and a desolation and empty in an undistinguishable ruin. Interesting. Now we know God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So when God created the heavens and the earth, why would there be darkness on the earth? If he's light and in him is no darkness at all. If it came out of him, it's light. What happened? Well, we don't have a lot of scriptures to talk about, but go to a scripture in 2 Peter chapter 3, New Testament. And I want to bring this out because it's such revelation that we're not just messing around with some kind of myth or fantasy here. There's some real things we have to deal with, and thank God we're more than equipped, if you're a believer. 2 Peter chapter 3. Oh, actually, can you go back to Genesis 1 for a second? I forgot to read Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. <laughs> no, there, there's, a, <laughs> there's another verse in here I want you to see. Genesis chapter 1. Art thou ready? Verse 26. And God said, let us make man. Now, isn't it interesting? He said, let us. God said, let us make man. Who's us? God. Who's God? Us. Who's us? Not us, 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 but the meeting that was going on here. When God said, let us make man in our image, God said, let us? What's that talking about? Father. Son. Holy Spirit. Y'all realize that Jesus was alive before he was born. That's why Hebrews says, God, you have prepared me a body. God said, let us. Who's God? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I know there's a religion out there right now that says Jesus is not God. But he is. He is God the Son. I thought it's interesting in the book of Hebrews where it says, 
the Lord said unto my Lord. And then God said, your throne, O God, is forever. That's the Father talking to the Son. Interesting, huh? Anyway, notice it says, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over uh, the cattle and of their kind, everything that creeps upon the earth. Verse 26. Oh, sorry. Verse, did I say verse 26? Verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and plentish the earth. Huh? What? Replantish? This is the first man. Where's the re come in at? Replantish? Like maybe there was something here before? Replantish? Interesting. Hmm. Now I know there's some people that would be in church today if certain Christians weren't so adamant about the earth only being 6,000 years old. There seems to be some evidence that it might be a little older than that. It's a little bit older than that. Huh? I mean, some people have a hard time with that. I can't, I can't accept Christianity. You say the earth's only 6,000 years old. Well, who, now, now if, if the person hearing that is just taking that Christian's word for it, then they just need to realize, you don't accept everything somebody says. Find it in the Bible. Right. Find it. I mean, if somebody was to stand up here and just say, the earth is 6,000 years old because the lava came out and the bones turned to fossils really quick because of the lava and all this. And that. I'm not just going to accept that. We shouldn't just be accepting something. You shouldn't be accepting what I'm saying right now without scriptures coming to your mind. Where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? I'm going to study that out when I get home. Where is that? That pastor just said, where is that? Where is that? I do that with Keith Moore. You need to do that with me. Where is it in the Bible? You need to develop such an inflow of God's word in your life every day of your life. Everything you hear, you're saying, where's that in the Bible? Where's, I've got to have at least two or three scriptures in the New Testament to verify that if I'm going to stand on that yeah. as truth. Oh, come on. Any people like the Berean Christians in here, we're more noble than those at Thessalonica. Why? Because we search the scriptures daily to see that the things your preacher's saying are true. Where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? Hear something about the last days? Where's that in the Bible? You hear something that other Christians are saying because they're all emotional about something? Where's that in the New Testament? Where is that in the New Testament? Yeah, my pastor, it's exciting. It's amazing. Who cares? Where is it in the Bible? Where is it? Y'all realize that having a book like I have in my hand is not old-fashioned. It didn't take any batteries for this book to work. I don't need any light solar power. I don't need a computer or a wall outlet. I pray everybody gets a Bible before they're not available anymore. Get one, get two, get three. I've owned dozens upon dozens of Bibles. You wear them out. Why do you wear them out? Because it's, please, hold on. Because if your Bible is not worn out from studying it, that's why you are worn out. I used to think, oh, I got to keep the gold edges on it really nice and perfect. No, I want those gold edges to go away because I'm studying it so much. I want tear stains on certain pages. 
Are you from? I want oil stains from my forehead because I fell asleep again reading the Bible. This is my life. This is truth. And it's not because I'm a pastor. I'm a believer and I want to live in victory. Many times, Carla, I, I've been in my office, in my home, just head on the Bible, out. I remember one time reading two Bibles at once because of the test and trial I was going through. I didn't have time to turn pages. And because of that, I didn't perish in my affliction. David said, unless thy law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I know exactly what he's talking about. You will perish and it won't be God's fault and it won't be because he didn't love you and there's no way you can shake your fist at him because he gave you everything. He gave me everything we will ever need to overcome anything in this life. But if we ain't using it, if we don't believe in it, if we don't take it serious, God loves us while we're going down. And he's done everything he can do. Well, if I was God, I would do more. Well, you're not God. So, you're in 2 Peter chapter 3? Yeah. All right. Verse 1. This is powerful words right here from the Holy Ghost. This second epistle, or this second letter, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Hmm, interesting. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. The world that then was perished. This is not the flood of Noah. He talks about that previously. The world didn't perish with the flood of Noah. Eight souls were saved. Mankind continued on. The world was not gone then. It continued on. This is talking about a world that totally perished by water. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Genesis 1-3. What's going on? There was a world that didn't make it. Completely wiped out. I personally see through some scriptures and just praying with the Lord, and again, I, I'm growing in this. I, I'd be glad to be shown something else. If, you know, it would be better if it was, but... I believe there was a world before Adam and Eve. And I don't believe it was a mankind. There was something alive on this, in that world. There was something alive in that world that we don't know a lot about. Um, I, we do see dinosaur bones, things that look really, really old and things that look very, very dated. I mean, there's some things there. And I, don't, I don't think they're lying to us. I think there's certain time periods it takes for things to get a certain way. And um, I mean, let's face it, we got a lot of bones and we don't see much about those creatures in the Bible. And 
if there was a world, and there was, because it perished, what was it, what was it like? What was alive? What, what, what was going on? Well, we know one thing. Satan was involved with it as Lucifer. Because we just read in Isaiah and Ezekiel, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, about the origin of the devil when he was Lucifer. You know, when the devil is seen in Genesis chapter 3, he's already fallen. He's fallen. Well, there was many, many, many millennia where he wasn't fallen. Where was he? Well, it talked about being under the clouds, talked about the mountain of God, talked about the stones of fire, talked about, you know, music. There was something going on on this planet before Adam and Eve, and we have hints of it in Scripture. And I'm bringing this up to let you know that I personally believe this is where evil spirits came from. Their full day of judgment has not come yet. Yes, they left their bodies. Yes, they're not in, in the earth realm anymore to where they can function like us with, with a body. You need an earth suit to be here. But back in the day, they had some kind of body. But they were destroyed, obviously, by a, a major flood. And their spirits were ejected from their bodies. But since their final day of judgment hasn't come, they're still in the air. And they seem to be disembodied spirits of a pre-Adamite world. And you and I as believers have total authority over all of them and the devil himself. If you know it. And if you believe in resisting. And if you believe in saying no. And we quit blaming God for bad things. And realize there is a devil. And there are evil spirits. And they come to kill, steal, and destroy. And their main weapon is deception. To get you and I in fear so he can start to try to do things in our life. The world that then was, interesting, being overflowed with water, perished. And it's interesting, darkness was upon the face of the deep. Where were the stars? I mean... It sounds like it was pretty black. So, I want you to go to Matthew 24, and we'll close with this. But this is, um, this has helped me tremendously to realize, okay, these things are real. These spirits are real. And if they're real then the rest of the Bible is real. And the rest of the Bible says, I have authority over every one of them. I don't care if I'm only a Christian for one hour. If you're a believer, you got power. That's right. And Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. We have his truth to expose lies so we can see what the devil's been saying. Stop believing that. Start believing the truth. I mean, th this is what got me healed physically. When I realized that God didn't want me sick, and it wasn't God's will that I was sick and that God didn't have some mysterious plan to teach me something, I started standing against disease. But if I think it's from God, I'm not going to resist God. I'm going to kick back and the devil's going to play heyday in my life and I'm all along, I think it's God. Do you realize that the devil is beautiful? <laughs> I think if we could have a picture of the devil today, he would look like a slick businessman. Very charismatic. I mean smart. 
the Bible says the devil transforms himself into a messenger of light. He constantly tries to disguise as God and trying to tell God's people that this is from God, this disease, this oppression. You've got to learn some things in your suffering. You've got to learn some things with this hard time. And I want you to have this. And all the while, he's this bright, charismatic personality. Oh, you know some of the devil's favorite words, too? Um, you know, God loves you. And because he does, he, 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 he wants you to learn something through this tragedy. It's, I know it's, it sounds weird to, to sell some uh, the words, you know, God loves you. Shut up, devil. <laughs> Wait a minute. He just said God loves you. Yeah. And Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. The kisses. The Bible says faithful are wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. He's sweet. He knows what people like. He's been around for 6,000 years watching humankind. And who knows how long before that, millennia before that. He knows. He's, he's smart. You and I will never outsmart the devil. The only thing that we, we can do is outtruth the devil. You will never outsmart him, but you can outtruth him. Right? It is written. It is also written. <laughs> right? How many think you better know what's written when the devil says it is written? And comes to you as an angel of light with scripture out of context to bind you. So Matthew 24, and I want to close with this. I, I think we need to, to close with this, especially during the time we're living in. Deception is everywhere right now. Everywhere. And just because I say it or another preacher says it or somebody else says it, where is that in the New Testament? Now, if they share scripture, look at them later. Don't just, maybe they quoted it wrong. Amen. Right? Look at it later. But in Matthew 24, uh, did we read enough in 2 Peter? No, we didn't. Go back there. I'm good on time, guys. I'm good. Go to 2 Peter 3. Then we'll go to Matthew 24. Amen. So it says um, in verse 6, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, gone, was destroyed. But the heavens and the earth which are now, so there's a new heavens and new earth now, after this flood. No wonder he said, let there be lights again in the firmament. No wonder, huh? You following me, church? See, there were some interesting things going on in the beginning. There was water above, there was water below, there was this terrarium type thing. But um, then he says, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. So what he's saying here is all these scoffers, mockers, oh, everything's the same since the beginning of creation. Yeah, Jesus is coming, blah, blah, blah. And he's saying right here, uh, newsflash, 2,000 years to God is two days. He's coming soon. Amen. 2,000 years to God is two days. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You've been saying Jesus is coming for 2,000 years. Two days. <laughs> 2,000 years is not very long if you've been around forever. But it says in verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. No wonder the devil wants to tell you you don't have to repent under grace. 
He wants people perishing. Now, finally, brethren, Matthew 24, what, what's the heartbeat of God? What's the heartbeat of God? That people repent and get saved. Isn't that what we just read? The Lord's not slow concerning His promise, as some men count slow. But He's long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Matthew 24, and this is what we'll close with, and I want to connect this to everything we've been just saying because I don't want Faith Heights Church deceived. I don't want people that are part of this church to be tricked. I want people to be aware of what's going on in our time. And if you're watching online, listen real close right here because this is, this is going to be worth your attention right now. In Matthew 24, verse 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, Hey guys, do you see all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be one stone, here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, Lord, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Wow, <laughs> that's a big question, man. Whew. How many of the Lord's ready to answer that? What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Number one, numero uno. What's the number one thing the Lord wants us aware of in these end times? And what's the one thing, he, come on, what's, what do you want us to be aware of? Take heed that no man deceive you. Why would he say that in this time? Hmm? Why would he say that? Why didn't he say something else? He could have said a thousand other things here. Why, why did he say, okay, guys, let me tell you about these things you just asked me. Number one, numero uno. Watch out. Watch out. Because as soon as you think you're smart enough to not be deceived, you are already in it. Already there. I said at the beginning of the service, we all need to be open. Everybody watched online. We all need to be open. That Maybe. We've been believing something that's not accurate biblically. Just because somebody said it that has a reputation doesn't mean you swallow it, hook, line, sinker, fisherman, boots, pole, and boat. Amen. I said that good. I said the first service too, didn't I? You don't want to do that. You don't want to do it with me. You don't want to do it other than God himself. I mean, the word. But you, we need to be saying, wait a minute. That sounds really exciting and cool, and a part of me really wants to say yes to that, but is it in the Bible? Something may excite your emotions, may excite things on the inside of you. You may be the kind of person with a personality that fits perfect with that word I just heard. And whoa, there I go. Wait, before you go, make sure. It didn't just stir up your emotions. It didn't just come from a charismatic personality. That it didn't just feel good and sound good and something you thought, man, this is what I want to get behind. Make sure you have scripture for it. All right? Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and he shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in different places. Go back to verse 6. What, what's going on here? Huh? 
the end is not yet. Would you all say that with me? The end is not yet. Are we in the last days? Yes. Is this the end? No. Are you listening? Jesus said, when you see all these earthquakes and pestilence and famines, wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, this is not the end. If you think it is, you'll leave your post. If you think it is, you'll back off in the church. Because it's the end. It's the end. It's the end. It's the end. What do we do? You stay faithful. You stay committed. You stay solid. You don't break rank. It's not the end. I, the devil wants you to think it's the end. I said the devil wants you to think it's the end. It's Jesus Christ, head of the church. Scripture, B-I-B-L-E said, it's not the end. Put that scripture back up where it says it's not the end. Verse 6. The end is not yet. Say this. The end is not yet. Yes. Are there wars? Yes. Rumors of wars? Yes. Pestilence? Yes. Famine? Yes. Nation against nation? Yes. Turmoil? Yes. What do we have to say about that? The end is not yet. Stay steady, church. Stay steady. The end is not yet. The end is, you want me to show, I'll show you when the end is. You want to see the end? You're not going to believe this probably right now until I share it with you, but the end is up to us. Not to earthquakes and famines. And the devil's going to do his best to stretch this thing out as long as he can. And the way he can do that, if he gets the church messed up, distracted, off course, Sitting at home, waiting for the rapture. Amen. Friend, the end ain't coming until something happens. Read. Verse 8. All these are the beginning. Everybody say the beginning. Of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up, be afflicted, kill you, you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. What's going on? The end is not yet. Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love and commitment of many shall wax cold. He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Verse 14, are you ready? Verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. Oh, come on, do you see this? Then the end shall come. When? No, when the church starts going like this and not... It's, this is talking about a church that's stable and strong and not deceived and thinking it's the end. And we're going to go, oh, we jump to conclusion over here. We jump to conclusion over here. No, the church needs to be focused on this is not the end. And it ain't going to be the end until we get the job done we're called to do. I want it to be our generation. Oh, church. This gospel, not this religion. Ah, there's a bunch of religion all over the planet. But this gospel. Signs, wonders. Believer, do the works that I do. This, that word this is important. This gospel of the kingdom 
shall be preached to all the world for a witness. Then the end shall come. I say, let's get more committed to our church. Let's get more committed. I'll get more committed. Let's hear from God. Let's do what he said. Let's launch out three TV stations. Let's send missionaries out. Come on, some of you are pastors. Let us train you and develop you. Let's get the gospel to all the world. Then the end shall come. Or we can sustain the tribulation, sustain the sorrow, let the devil work longer than he was supposed to, and all the while saying, this is it, this is it. It ain't it until we're done. It can stay bad for a long time if we want. Or we can say, that's it. We're coming together. We're going to do our part. We're going to see to it. This gospel of the kingdom is preached to all the world. Then the end shall come. I see it, guys. I see it. Don't, don't let anything keep you back from your place in God's church. Here, there, wherever. Don't let anything keep you back from your place in God's church. We got a job to do. And the enemy, this, you know what here I wrote? I'll read this to you and we'll close. Listen to this. Satan knows that the end will come when the church has done its job. Satan will try to stop the church from being strong and every member from doing their part. If he can divide the church in the end times, he can gain more time to deceive and destroy. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 